Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is Nancy with Living Relationships God's Way. This evening we are on episode 25, and we are simply talking about the message. I thank you for joining us this evening and taking the time out, whether you are listening to us on the chat or you're listening to us uh, through the web or on your phone or whatever device you are using, or you're listening to us in the future, which is our past episode. So at any time, if you'd like to get in touch with me, whether you are listening to us live right now, or listening to us in the future, you can get in touch with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts on what we're talking about, any questions, feel free to contact me. Um, Also, if there's a past episode that you've listened to, it's never too late to send your comments, your thoughts, your questions to the same address. So tonight we're going to get right into our message. It's about the message. You know, today we live in the land of messages. You know, my entire life for years was filled with messages. I began to work for my father in my 20s, and in his company, everyone was moving around and going here and going there, and they weren't stationary in an office except for me. I was sitting in an office, and part of my job, one little part of my job was I always answered the phone, and I took all the calls, and my job was to make sure the messages were given to the correct people, that if there was a problem somewhere, uh, something happened, and I needed to get in touch with one of our truck drivers, then I'd get in touch with the truck driver and give him the message that he needed. If it was about a message that was for my father, the message would go to him. But many times, uh, things didn't move as fast in the land of messages as they do today. For instance, I had a board that I used, and I just had everyone's name. We weren't a large company, so I had everyone's name up there, and I would just tack the little message or the memo up there for them. Or if it was something that was longer, instead of writing it out, I would simply put a message uh, on the board, and it would say, see me, and I would say if it was important or urgent or whatever. And then I became a sales rep and messages were everywhere. I've always had something attached to me. It didn't just begin with the smartphones. During that time, that was in my late 20s, uh, I moved into the sales land, and I carried a pager. And so my pager would go off, and there would be a phone number there for me to call. And that was my way that I would stay connected with my children. They would call on the phone, and the number would go into my pager and I would call back home and they would give me the message and we would have a conversation. And then we moved into 
um, fax machines and we moved into a little flip phones and smartphones. And today, what do we find? Messages through Facebook with our messenger. On Twitter, we have direct messages. We have emails. Uh, some people still use memos. Uh, just all kinds of ways to chat. We find... Uh, Messages that we can read through blogs or websites or videos or podcasts or ebooks. I can even send you a message through a video. Um, ebooks. How about 24 7 news? We have access in many areas in real time to the news. There may be something going on in the world. And we're looking at it in the same way as a message. It's real time. Something is going on and someone is speaking to us and they are talking to us. They are giving, of a mes- giving us a message from another country. What is going on here? We do the same here. Anyone around the world that has access, they can click into our news. Everything is global. There are messages flying everywhere. Our world has changed and continues to change. Messages are everywhere. I know there are are days that I wonder, how am I going to reply to all these messages? It usually takes me about three weeks um, of not even thinking about it, just doing what needs to be done, communicating uh, with people, encouraging people. It may be uh, connecting with someone in the area of discipleship or someone connecting with me with a message to help me. It may be in person. It may be online. And usually I can go about three weeks like I said, and it doesn't bother me. And then I start feeling a little anxious, and I wonder, what what is the matter with me? I'm not really tired. I just start feeling there's just something wrong. And I've gotten to the point now, I've been in social media and use social media and all of those things that I'm talking about uh, that I gave examples for in the area of messages, um, you know, I'm I'm pretty aware of what I can handle and how fast I can handle. And I'm a, I'm a fast typist, but our mind is still only able to absorb a certain amount of messages at a time. God wired us and created us in one way, and that part of us isn't changing. There are times we need to step away from the messages. For me, that happened this last week. It was necessary for me to take an entire day away from anything that was online. Now, that didn't mean that I wasn't working throughout the day, but when I do that is what I find is that anxiousness goes away. It disappears, and my peace appears again. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus, was a messenger. There was a time when he was in the wilderness. We read about this in Luke 4, that Jesus was in the wilderness and he was tempted by Satan. But when he came out of the wilderness, it was time for him to begin to share his message. It was time for him to begin to share the message 
of the gospel, of the good news, with the people around him. He was standing in his purpose. If we look at Luke chapter 14, verses 14 through 38, I'm not going to read this word for word, but it's what I'd like you to do, or I'd encourage you to do, is on your own, go to the book of Luke, chapter 4, and read this entire chapter so you can place what I'm sharing with you into context in God's word. But we see in verse 14 that Jesus was returning to Galilee, and we note that he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And now people are talking about him. The news was spreading. It didn't spread in the same way it does today through our social media, but it would have been going from mouth to mouth, from person to person. Just reports of him, and notice this, it reads, spread quickly through the entire region of Galilee. And so he taught regularly in the synagogues. And guess what? He was praised by everyone. Everything was looking good. Then he came to the village of Nazareth, and this is where he grew up. This is where he stood in the synagogue on Sabbath and read the scriptures. Maybe you recall when we read about when he was a young boy and he walked into the synagogue and he began to read as a young boy and they noticed him. He was already about the father's business, about God's business. Even as a young boy, God was preparing him to be the message, to give a message, to share a message. But now we see in Luke, he's grown, he's a man. And he unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, which is from the Old Testament. And he begins to read this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news. Notice the word good news. Good news is the message. To the poor, he has sent me, notice the word me, to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see. Now I want you to notice this, that captives will be released. It was, this was written in the Old Testament. That the blind will see, not maybe, the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free, not maybe, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So here is Jesus reading this, but here's the difference. He is saying, and pointing, picture him pointing to himself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. He is announcing here, hey guys, this is who I am. I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah who is now here. And so he just rolls it back up, gives it to the attendant, and he sits down. 
And so everyone begins to just look at him. And he begins, then he begins to speak, and he said, the scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. In verse 22, we still look at this, and we see that the people were amazed, and they're still speaking well of him. They're talking about, isn't that Joseph's son? They're saying, how can this be? But they're still speaking well of him. And then, then, things begin to change. Because he begins to go in a conversation with them. He speaks to them. And he goes back in time and he begins to speak about Elijah. And the widow of Zarephath. And he talks about the lepers in Israel. During the prophet the time of the prophet Elijah, Elisha. And he state, makes this statement. The only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. And here's where we find in verse 28 and 30, this angered this group. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious and they jumped up and they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. And they had an intention. Their intention was to push him over the cliff. But guess what? This is what Jesus did. He passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Jesus is now living out his purpose. He is living out the purpose that was chosen to him, or for him, long before he was born. Jesus is at the point when he walks through the crowd, the angry mob. He walks through the crowd He is now at the point of no return. He shared the message that God gave him to give. Have you ever received a message from someone? And at the beginning, you're reading the message and it looks really good and you get about halfway down and you go, ugh. Man, this isn't good. And you begin to have a back and forth conversation in this message. It may be by phone. It may be in person. It may be through text. In today's world, it can be carried out in many, many ways. But the conversation starts out well, and then you notice this conversation isn't going very good. And we find the other side on the other side of the conversation, by the time we are done, the other person no longer welcomes us into their life. They decide they're no longer going to lift up and encourage you 
and they begin to attack you. Now, that's kind of slippery slope, we call it, using ourselves as an example up to, G, to held up to uh, Jesus and what he was doing. But there are times that in conversations, God calls us to speak truth, just as Jesus spoke truth. He gave a message that was his to give. Can you think of a time when there was a message that you know or you knew it was for you to speak? And then you did. You spoke truth. You weren't attacking. Jesus wasn't attacking anyone. He simply read what was in the scroll in the Old Testament. He simply shared the story about the widow. Talked about Elijah. He mentioned Elisha. And through this, the people began to become angry. There are times that God does give us a message to share. And it is not always love, love, love. It is loving because we're sharing it. Now, there's a certain way to share it, and we must be discerning in how we share it. But there are messages that we're called to give or we're in conversations with someone. It may be our child. It may be someone, a child who is younger, a teenager, a young adult. It may be between friends. It may be between husband and wife, coworkers. That's why this is called living relationships God's way. Living relationships God's way is not always easy. As we're looking at this message today, here is Jesus. And everyone's accepting him. They're speaking highly of him. And within a short time, the situation turns. And he is now attacked, physically attacked. So we see that Jesus did take action. He did not stay there in this place with this mob and allow them to harm him. He walked into his purpose. He went. He walked right on through them. Jesus was focused on his mission. Jesus began to walk along living out his life. And we read about this throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. If you take a look at Jesus, you will see that he is involved with people. Jesus is not, Jesus is no longer standing in front in the synagogue. He is out among the people. He talks to a Samaritan woman. He calls four fishermen. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. A sinful woman anoints his feet. He heals, or he raised to life Jairus' daughter. He feeds the 5,000. He blesses the children. He is walking along 
living his life. I remember as a new believer, which was long ago, I was 32 years old, but I remember as I began to study the Word of God, not just in classes, but on my own, I was fascinated by the lives of people, and I'm still fascinated today. I was fascinated as I read about Jesus, that he was always connecting with people. He was present, not only physically present, but I believe he was mentally and emotionally present. He was with them. When he talked to the Samaritan woman, he wasn't only physically present, he was with her, with his heart. He was connected. How about the the woman who was caught in adultery? And all of this is going on and she's being accused. And he is focusing on her. He speaks to her accusers, but he's focused on her. He's focused on her because he has the message of redemption. He knows he's eventually going to the cross. He knows what his purpose is and what is planned for him. But he's present. Eventually, Jesus dies on a cross for each and every one of us. And we are given what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And Jesus begins to speak to the disciples because now they have a job to do. They have a message to share. When we move down to verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This great commission, this commission that we are given, is a message that is more than just chatting with someone through a text. It is a message of redemption. It is a message that we must share with others if we have received Jesus Christ. I can just imagine during Bible times as people are talking, they didn't have all this this texting, which I love all the things that I use in my technology. I use it every day, and it makes my life a whole lot easier and things move a whole lot faster. But can you imagine a crowd of people saying, did you hear the news? Hey, did you receive the message? I did. Did you receive the message? You know what? That means our purpose is to pass it on. And today, with all of the ways that we are able to share the message of Jesus Christ, we have no excuse. 
And it's at our fingertips. Yes, it is important for us to be in one-in-one relationships with people and to be in groups and to be with people, not only online and through social media and videos. It is important for us to be present with people, just as Jesus did. But I believe today we have all of these things, and there are times they are not used for good, but they are given to us to be used for good, to share the message, to build relationships. We have a purpose. Many times we're searching for, what is my purpose? What am I here for? And the basic purpose is once we receive Jesus Christ, yes, we will go to heaven, but as we live here, our one, one most important purpose is our relationship with Jesus Christ and two, to share Jesus Christ with others. That must be our purpose. As we read throughout the book of Acts, we see the activity of the gospel. The message is passed on to others in daily life. It is threaded everywhere throughout the book of Acts. The church, the people, they are now in action. We read about persecution. We read about families. We read about new believers. But the book of Acts is filled with activity. That means we have a responsibility today. God has not left us any excuse to not share the message. When we read about the people in the Bible, they're not only stories. They're real live accounts, especially in the Gospels where Jesus was present. We don't have him present with us today. When we receive him after the cross, he is within us. The Holy Spirit is within us, guiding us. But we have his example in the Gospels. And so now this is passed on to us. A very simple statement. When we receive Jesus Christ, we are now responsible for sharing the message, the good news. It is good news. Believer, if you're listening to me today and you are not sharing the gospel with anyone, I question your love for Jesus Christ. I question your understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We read in Romans 10, 14 through 15. Did you know when you are opening your mouth and sharing the message of Jesus Christ that you have beautiful feet? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. We must carry the same message today. We carry the message inside of us, but we must be willing to speak up. Long ago, 
a grade school boy brought his friend to me. And I was teaching at that time, and um, I think I was uh, interim youth director, and I was a co-leader of a Sunday morning class. Uh, so I was in a church plant, and so we all knew each other, but there was a time that this young man brought his friend to me, said he wanted to talk to me. And he said, my friend wants to receive Jesus. And so it's what I told him to do, even as a grade school boy, well, go get your friend and bring him here because I want you here with me to hear me. So we went and got his friend and we sat together and we talked and, and then we prayed and his friend received Jesus. And then there was a time that I was out on the road and I became friends um, as a sales rep. I became friends with uh, one of my uh, clients who was doing the purchasing. And so we began to go out to lunch. And she began to slowly ask me questions about my life because she knew of me prior to my life of receiving Jesus Christ, which I was, was partying and, and um, just not living the best of lives. And so she was curious what this change was about in my life. And so slowly I began to talk to her because our hour would be up for lunch and she'd have to go back to her office and I would need to go back on the road. And so we'd go. And then when we'd have time, maybe it'd be a couple weeks, we'd get together again. Well, eventually is what happened. She looked at me one day and she said, can we go to your church? And it's in the middle of the day and it's at lunch. And um, I said, well, why, why do you want to go there? And she said, well, I just want to go to your church. I want to see it. You talk about where you attend all the time. So it's lunchtime, and we walk in the door, and I thought, well, let's just go to the front row. I mean, there's no one in the church. Let's just go to the front row and just sit in the front, and we'll, we'll just talk here. So I had nothing planned. I really didn't know uh, why she wanted to be there. To me, um, that's just a building and it's empty. And so we're sitting in the front row and we're talking and all of a sudden she looks at me and she said, you know, can we get together another day? And I said, sure. She said, well, not for lunch. Um, If you have time, I don't know how long it will take, but maybe you could help me to receive Jesus. And on the inside, I remember laughing because thinking, here she thinks this is going to be a very long ritual and she's going to have to do many, many things to receive Jesus. And I was so excited to tell her, hey, we could do this right now. So the short version is I talked to her a little bit to make sure that she understood what she was doing. And we began to pray and she received Jesus and we went out the church door and she had to go back to work and I had to go back to work. Now, I'm not saying the building was the place to receive Jesus Christ. I'm just saying that's what happened. Recently, I'm walking along. I'm sharing these as as life instances for you. Okay? And they're all different age people. The first one was a little boy in grade school. I think about fifth or sixth grade. The second one was a woman that was about my age. Now, the most recent one I'd like to share with you is a woman that was a little bit older than me. 
And I was in a location here in my city, and I was looking at this list of events that's going on in our city. It's the holidays, so I thought, well, let me see if I can find something here um, that I'd like to attend or take friends to. Or, you know, I'm just kind of going through all these little flyers. And there's another woman standing there, and she begins to talk to me. I'm just looking at the events, right? And she begins to talk to me. And she's new in town, so we talked some more. And I don't know how the topic got to this, but we began to talk about God. And she began to speak to me. And we had probably about a 30-minute conversation about Jesus and about God. And I recall her saying, what is this born-again stuff that you're talking about? And if I receive Jesus, what does this do for me? And since I don't want to be born again, why would a church let me in or allow me in the door? So it's what I could tell from what she was saying. There's more to this story. That she tried to attend somewhere, and because she didn't receive Jesus, she was no longer welcome. But God used this conversation as an entry point and a challenge to her because when we got down to the end, she was not ready to receive Jesus Christ, but I challenged her and shared where I attend church, and I said, there are people that come here all the time that they haven't received Jesus. Yes, I'd like you to do that, but you are welcome. I want you to know that you are welcome. And if you visit us, you will find that you are welcome. And once you make that decision to receive Jesus Christ, your life will be changed. And then eventually she just started smiling and she started walking away from me. And she looked back at me and very quietly she said, you sound like Jesus. Maybe I'll visit one day. So I share these three stories as an example. An example for today. There are many people doing exactly what I just did. I'm no one special. But see, since I love Jesus, since I receive Jesus, and I do, I love him, then I want others to receive him too. And I have no fear in sharing the one that I love. This is important. This is our purpose as believers in Jesus Christ. To end this evening, I'm going into the area of Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And we will look at verse 19. Yes, okay, 19 through 21. Um, on your own, it would be good for you to read this in context to go to Matthew 6, verses 16 through 24. But I am going to read to you verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This 
is how we take our temperature. This is a place where we can ask ourselves, am I focusing so much on what I want and what I want to get? Earthly treasures meaning stuff. I want this, I want that, I want this. Am I so focused on the stuff that I want that I'm not conscious, I'm not even aware that I go about day after day, seven days a week, that there are people around me that have not received Jesus Christ. There are people around me that God is calling me to speak, as we read about in Romans 10, those beautiful feet. Are we so busy with our stuff that we don't even notice that we are not building up any treasures for heaven? If we believe what's written in God's word, then we'll believe what we read here. He's telling us, do not, not, uh, it's okay, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And once again, I do add this, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to have a large house and a nice car and a new car. I have had my days where I've had two, I think two, two or three two or three brand new cars, and I've had two very nice homes. And I don't feel guilty for having those, and who knows, maybe someday I'll have them again. But when we reverse the order and the house and the cars are more important than Jesus and more important than storing up treasures in heaven and that long list that we have of the things that we want, you know, there are homes, especially United States because that's where I live, there are homes that are filled with things that people aren't using. People build a garage for their, their automobiles, for their cars, and eventually there's no room for the cars in the garage because they're filled with stuff. And many times it's stuff that we never look at. It's just stuff. And that's where Jesus is telling us as a caution. Is that stuff more important than me? Is that stuff more important than sharing the gospel? Is that stuff more important that I don't have time to share the gospel because I'm busy taking care of the stuff? It is possible to have a very large house and have a lot of money and have a very nice cars and to be able to get through your home and to be able to take care of your things that God has blessed you with. But if they are taking your time, over what God's purposed us to do. Yes, there is God's grace, but we are accountable to God. Otherwise, he would not give us all of these instructions. He would not say, do not. He would not command us to love one another. He would not tell us to go and share the gospel and to make disciples. He would not give us the commands that he gives us throughout his word. So I thank you for listening to me this evening. 
I feel with the holiday time, um, Christmas is approaching, New Year's, we've just came out of Thanksgiving, that this is a good time to remind us what is our purpose? What do we receive Jesus Christ? Yes, God gives us gifts, but we are to go. We are to share the gospel, and we are to share the message with other people. So if you'd like to get in touch with me once again, you can connect with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. If you're hearing my voice uh, this evening and you've received Jesus Christ already but you have some comments or thoughts, please feel free to get in touch with me. Or if you uh, are interested in receiving Jesus Christ, you can do the same thing. Get in touch with me and email me and we can talk about this topic further. So until next week, have a great week. And I'll talk to you later.